Good afternoon, everybody. The date is September 30th. Uh, the time is 1.32 p.m., and this is episode 5 of the Jack's Facts podcast. Uh, today we have a very special episode because we have our first ever guest on the podcast. Um, we have Mr. Jay Fox, that is at um, Fox underscore Summit on Twitter. Uh, I had him on today because, uh, I don't know, I like his tweets. He has a lot of very valuable insights regarding... Um, I've seen him do tweet threads on hiring processes for uh, what he does in investment banking and so forth. Uh, he's a former military officer, worked with uh, nukes and so forth. Uh, you know, a lot of incredible stuff there. And he has a lot of very valuable insights that I've seen on um, uh, philosophy like Epicureanism and Stoicism and so forth. So uh, what's going on, Jeff? What's going on, man? And I'd also like everybody to know that this was our second take because I froze up on the first one. So. <laughs> So, <laughs> if you're keeping, if you have expectations, keep them low. How's it going? This is, you know, this is the first, this is the first podcast I've done, and you said it was the first one with a guest. Well, so, so I, this is this is a big experiment. This is a big experiment. Um, I don't actually know if I could. This is the first episode of the Jack's Facts podcast with a guest. Uh, actually, a couple months ago, one of my buddies and I recorded a couple episodes of a podcast that uh, just kind of never really took off. We never posted it anywhere and uh, never really kept up with it. So I don't know if that would be considered a guest or a co-host. But uh, yeah, we can save that first guest spot for you. We'll go with that was a co-host and then you have an excuse when this one goes off the rails. First ever guest. There you go. Perfect. All right. So, Jay, we have uh, very important business to discuss. Um, I... I'm not quite sure how to address the topic, uh, but you seem to think that raspberries are a subpar <laughs> berry compared to a blackberry, which, I mean, out of any of the berries that you listed to argue, a blackberry is like, I don't know, man, it's just the step-down cousin of a raspberry. It doesn't, it's not as tasty. It's, uh, you don't have as much variation. Like with a blackberry, it has to be perfectly ripe. You have that, you have that flexibility with a raspberry. And the seeds of a blackberry are far too big and are always getting caught in your teeth. How do you defend yourself, sir? So, I think it's an important note that probably 90% of our interactions on Twitter are me telling you you're having terrible takes. <laughs> Water bottle to rappers. I mean, you tweeted a picture of Lil Peep and Kanye West. Excuse you, sir. Lil Peep's dead. That's Lil Pump. Lil Pump. Oh, see, this is... I, whoa, <laughs> you need to step up in your pop culture, many, man. There's too many fucking Lil's, and there's... Uh, that's, a uh, like, Lil Xan. Oh, we don't need to talk about Lil Xan. <laughs> Any music he puts out, just, yeah, it's pretty relevant. But the point being is, there was a picture of Kanye West with some unnamed, uh, some irrelevant rapper next to him, and you said your favorite rapper was whoa. not Kanye, which is just... It's wild, and, uh... But, but back to Raspberry, Kanye West did just say that he was Einstein of his generation, and I happen to agree. So, But if we're going to be talking about raspberries, see, the thing, like, first of all, you're paying a, a premium for raspberries, right? Mm -hmm. It's like $10 for half a pound. And if you think of the uses of berries with, like, let's say a jam or a pie, First of all, you never see raspberry pie, which should be a good indicator. Second of all, it, they have those tiny little seeds in them. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, kind of, it's like a weird texture. So if you have raspberry jam or jelly or what have you, 
it's, it's a terrible texture and it's an inferior berry. And this is anecdotal, but once I bought uh, like a crate of raspberries from a, uh, like a farmer's market mm-hmm. when I was young and I went to bite into one and there was a worm inside of it. So I've never looked at them the same. So it could just be that you've had a traumatic event with raspberries and that is therefore tainting your, uh, your berry weighing options here. At least can, okay. At the very least, can we agree that blueberries are the lowest class berry? No, blueberries are better than raspberries. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you get a blueberry that's just a little bit over ripened, that that is enough to ruin somebody's day. That is enough to get sent home from work. A on a too ripe. Sorry, my dog. (laughs) You also wanted to appear on the podcast. uh, We have our second guest. An over-ripened blueberry is a trash berry, but we're discussing each of these berries at their peak. So. At peak ripeness. All right. At peak so ripeness. What, so I have a question for you. All right. That what is it about the podcast world that attracts you? Like what, what do you want? Like if you look at your heroes, maybe too strong a word, but when you think of podcasts you listen to, then you mm-hmm. want this to be to end up being – Mm-hmm. Where do you see it going? Um, is it like a Tim Ferriss where it's a question and answer, or is it a Joe Rogan where it's more of a conversation? Yeah, that's what I've been trying to figure out because I do listen to like uh, a lot of diversified podcasts, I guess. Like, uh, you know, Joe Rogan, which he almost, you know, sorry, always has a guest on. Yeah, it's always like a conversational style. It's not very, you know, he'll have like some points he'll touch on or like we'll want to talk about with specific individuals that have specialized knowledge. But, um, and then there's uh, other ones like Bill Burr, where it's just, you know, him talking to himself most of the time for like an hour and a half. And yeah. I mean, the, the, I don't, the, I don't, I don't know if it's willpower, but the internal dialogue, I guess, to be able to do that for an hour and a half is astounding. Like I said, it, it's difficult just to get out up to uh, 30 minutes here when I'm just talking to myself. You have um, to be able to laugh at yourself. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he certainly can. Because he will say a joke and then he'll just immediately time shit on himself laugh. so much harder. Oh yeah. Um, and then you know I also enjoy ones that are like very information driven, like uh, Stefan Molly news podcast or um, I don't know, just a lot of like news based podcasts and so forth. So yeah, it'd, it'd be hard to say if I had to pick one direction. I think I would do something similar to. Uh, what Stefan Molyneux does and where he ha- he has like a, a bunch of different types of videos that he does. Like I'll have some regarding information, others he'll have call-in shows where it is like a conversation between two people. Um, and then others are just seem to be sort of like his opinions on things that are kind of like little shorter clips. So yeah. probably something more akin to that where it's just, you know, all of them. It's more of just uh, my ability to express my personality out into the world. Yeah, well, I mean, if you offer something unique, it will never be exactly like something else. Right. So I think you're right on the right path, not that you can't take inspiration from things. Right. And I also think the more, if you're going into a new endeavor and you know exactly what you want it to look like, you are less likely to create something special than if you listen to whatever, you know, whether it's feedback or whether you just think, deep down is more correct or more in tune with your internal voice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's how you get to something special. So 
And I think going into something where you have that, you know, it's just a just openness in front of you. Mm-hmm. You can take it to whatever you know, your whatever feels right is, is probably the best way. So right, and yeah, I mean that's something that I'm you know I definitely hope the show gains popularity. But uh, you know I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast yesterday, and he got to a point where he was talking about uh, advertisements, and it just made me start to laugh at myself because I, know, I thought about like what if I ever get to the point where I could like run advertisements and so forth, and he was like, yeah. You know, you probably don't want to monetize your podcast until you're about 100,000 listeners per episode. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, shit. Got it. Yes, yeah, so that's like way far off. But, uh, you know, then I was also thinking about it and I was like, oh, well, at the same time, if, you know, right now I'm adger- averaging about 20 listeners per episode. And honestly, if I just kept it at 20 listeners for, I don't know, ever, you know, as long as I continue to podcast, I can't say it would bother me too much. This is much more of a... Uh, like a just for me thing, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so I've started writing recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and writing has always been for me kind of a uh, an outlet, maybe, that mm-hmm. you know, I can have ideas in my mind or, you know, emotions or what have you kind of running through me. Um, and if they just sit in my mind, I just start obsessing over them to a certain degree Mm -hmm. and I never get much clarity on them. And as soon as I force myself to put it down on paper, the, the structure starts to build, you know, so you throw the information down there and then you figure out how to structure, structure it and having that structure of having it as some sort of narrative will bring me a sense of clarity that that I don't get if I don't throw it out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, oh, just create a journal. And the and having a journal has never been something I could do consistently. I with you. I've tried to, yeah, write, like, you know, get, like, I don't know, maybe a day or two of consistent entries. And then after that, it's, like, maybe it'll go, like, every other day. And then, yeah, eventually I just kind of fall off. Yeah, exactly. So if I... If I write something, there's no – yeah, I love when people read it and I mm-hmm. love getting comments and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love the comments that are saying, oh, I'm going through a similar issue or an experience or something and I thought I was alone in this. I thought I was unique in mm-hmm. some way. Um, you know, and that's how I thought for a long time. You know, I thought my brain, whether it was there's something wrong with it or – you know, I is it doesn't fit with how society thinks and maybe not how society thinks, but how society, uh, shows how they think, if that makes sense. Um, because even, you know, on Twitter or whatever, everything's curated. Whenever you interact with somebody, it's curated. Uh, curated. so as much as I, I think, you know, I hear from somebody, Oh, this is something that, you know, I've thought about, but I didn't know anybody else thought these things. That's more rewarding to me than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I wish at certain points I had had something to read that said, Oh, I'm thinking X, Y, Z and somebody else's because I know when I've been in those places and right. I've read that, that just having, Oh, there's, there's now an established framework for what worked for somebody else or just knowing that somebody else went through that, right. uh, is, is, is very beneficial at least for me. So I definitely understand when you're saying, you know, I don't care how many people listen to this. It's a healthy thing for me to do. It helps me get to a better place. And, uh, and so on that, that I like, 
it's a different medium, but I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much the exact same thing, just different mediums. I've tried writing a few times, you know, like I've tried the journaling thing. Um, and, you know, just whether it's uh, like actually physically writing something or typing it, it's just uh, it's not as connective for me, I guess. It just doesn't hit the same, um, I don't know, the same pathways in my brain that like talking and having this verbal interaction does. Yeah. And so if I'm listening to a song, you know, you can hit those certain wavelengths in a song. Mm -hmm where you know you can see you know this is a high point right here right, right. It's like, when it just hits you when i'm writing i get that similar sort of thing oh so you feel like when you're writing so you're i always like... feel like i'm conducting an orchestra when i'm doing it mm -hmm. anybody mm -hmm. who's read my writing will be like that seems insane because you write drivel but <laughs> to my internal <laughs> to my internal monologue it feels like that and just you know, having some sort of outlet where you can feel like you are making something special to yourself, I feel mm -hmm. like is extremely important. Yeah, I feel like uh, writing definitely is somewhere where it's, hmm, I don't want to say easier, but um, maybe, no. Well, maybe we'll just have to scrap that again. I'm not you quite can sure. get there in a conversation as well. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, we, I, me and my roommate have talked about this extensively, um, you know, where sometimes where you get like lodged in a conversation with somebody, you know, it'll, you know, uh, you'll get in like three hours of conversation or so and it'll feel like it's only been like maybe 30 or 45 minutes. You know, you look at the watch and you're like, oh my God. And then, uh, you know, you kind of come back to yourself instead of like the, uh, it's like, you know, it's like when you get into a conversation like that, it's almost like you create a whole nother space, like a whole new metaphysical realm with this person, you know what I'm saying? And then when you yeah. kind of snap back and you like come back to yourself, I would say out of the conversation, like, you know, you both go your own ways. We both definitely have had this feeling where it's like a, like a psychedelic headspace almost. And I don't know yeah. if you've ever done psych psychedelics and know what that's like, but it's just like, yeah, a, you know, like a very uh, kind of like a mystical feeling, like a feeling of wonder and um, yeah, just kind of newness and stuff like that. So are you saying that you can kind of get to that place when you're writing and you can like feel yourself hashing out that idea? Yeah, no, I mean, for me, it's hard to get to that when I'm talking with somebody else, just based on how my mind works. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I need to be having that conversation with myself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and that's, that's what the writing process is for me. It's me saying something and then thinking through what somebody else would be saying in response to you know, thinking, you know, what's some dude coming over from the red pill subreddit going to say <laughs> to this, right? I'm having sort of a debate and I'm not a fan of debates, which I've been, which is an idea I've been exploring recently that, you know, I see a lot of debates on Twitter, even today, like, you know, I, you can say something fairly mainstream mm -hmm. and somebody will just come over and say, well, actually. Do you have an example of that that you're thinking of? Uh, I, I have an example in my head, but I'm not going to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the, uh, the way you do that with somebody. So, I, I mean, I can think of places where I'm far advanced from the average person. Mm -hmm. Um, things that I've like specialized in my life and that would be you know, expected and everybody has those things of course right and some of those things that you are a specialist in and expert in 
are are more fitted for a public discourse, right? So I'm not going to get on Twitter and start talking about corporate finance because most people are not running a business and they're not going to give a shit uh, at the optimal levels of equity versus debt, right? And, you know, but you can have somebody who's an expert on, you know, uh, a subsect of psychology or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they get on there and they have such a platform to help people and instead they just become the well actually guy and just come in and shit on people and and don't you know i i've been explore i've been thinking a lot about the idea of like condescension mm-hmm. and, and how you can be condescending to somebody you know, and and if you are then you're not going to get the point across that you're trying to communicate even though you have the knowledge yeah and whether that's, oh, I think I'm, I'm an expert, like you could think you're an expert on something, but you don't really want to be challenged. And a great way to do that is stop people from challenging you because they're afraid of getting embarrassed. Um, you know, so to me, that's a, if somebody's often condescending, I imagine that they're trying to hide something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if somebody wants to come at me for finance or, you know, anything that, that I specialize in, it's, I don't put them down right away mm-hmm. because they may be right. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff I don't know, even though, you know, when people will say, Oh, I'm, I don't have time for this. You know, you are, you're a rube, <laughs> you know, shit like that. It's like, oh, I work 85 hours a week and I have time to, to talk to anybody about this stuff. Like it takes two minutes and I don't think it's that important. So a big thing for me recently has just been, you know, how to improve the dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has become so tribal and, and uh, you know, I just wrote about this that it shouldn't take moral courage to throw an idea out there. Yeah. Right. Definitely. You shouldn't be worried about being embarrassed uh, on the internet. Like, yeah, you no, know, I able to come in and join the conversation. Just throw something out there. Yeah, I completely I understand what you're saying, and I find myself, yeah, in that position of fear, I guess, a lot. You know, like I'll have a tweet drafted up, and I'm like, hmm, like maybe that's kind of a hot take for the TL. Maybe I shouldn't post it. And like, you know, I just have just drafts full of tweets about this, or like, yeah, I'll go to like, or you know, even I'll catch myself being that well actually guy. You know, like somebody will tweet about like crypto or something like that, and I'll start typing up the response. I'm like, okay, okay, wait. Like, either there's a better way to word this, I'll try to think it through and do that, or if not, I'm just like, okay, I gotta scratch that whole idea, because I'm not just gonna be addicted to this person for no reason. But, um, yeah, man, that, the, uh, the morality, sorry, the, the working up the courage to express an idea just for the sake of conversation and hashing out an idea is, uh, definitely an issue that we're running into now, and I think that was actually really highlighted last night with the, uh, the whole Kanye on SNL thing, which is, I, I don't know, really baffling event, I guess. Amazing, yeah. inspiring, just all around. Uh, yeah, I didn't make see you, it. Just kind of make your jaw drop. Uh, I mean, he came out. Did you? He came out on stage wearing a uh, "Make America Great Again" hat, and he was just talking about. You know, he's like, when I was backstage, you know, they were backstage telling me not to go out here, not to come out here in this hat and so forth. Uh, just you know, basically talking about all of the. Um, the judgment and the peer pressure that goes into this like hive mind collective. 
And he just goes on to say that, you know, the hat's like a superhero, uh, Superman cape and so forth. And that, uh, you know, him wearing that cap, like, he just wants everybody to be able to, like, uh, express themselves and express their ideas. And uh, I, I don't know if he said be safe song. And I don't know how much I'm kind of ad-libbing this and adding stuff into what he said. But, yeah, it was kind of a really jaw-dropping moment to see. You know, because he tweeted the hat before, but to come out on a SNL, I guess, somebody else's network like that, not just your own personal Twitter feed, it was something. It was a bold statement. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's whether or not you agree with what he's saying. It's you know, the more you make an idea taboo, the more you bring it into, you know, the, the underworld. And when it goes into the underworld, who knows how it will manifest. Right. So let's say it's a terrible idea. And I'm not saying him wearing a Trump hat is a terrible idea, but let's say it was something that was actually like a really offensive thing. That, you know, once something goes into the underworld, it, it finds a life of its own and it mm -hmm. creeps up on people. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the... Well, and once, if, it, if it can't be talked about, it can't be refuted, right? Right. Well, and, once, once it goes... Sorry to interrupt, but once it no, goes no, into yeah. the underworld like you're talking about and it turns into this shameful thing that you can't talk about, you know, maybe for some people it won't bother them at all. Like, you know, it'll just be some terrible thing. They're like, oh, whatever. Like, that's not for me. And, you know, it's whatever. But then, you know, maybe somebody else will kind of like get a little clip of that. And they're like, oh, that's mm, I probably shouldn't be fucking with that. You know, like um, uh, fucking drugs, for an example, like heroin or something like that. People are like, oh, like, you know, I probably shouldn't be fucking with that. And if they're very much not allowed to talk about it, but, you know, they got that little that little rush from the first time they kind of like encountered it or whatever. It can start to uh, it's kind of like snowball in your mind, and just like you were saying, though, you know, it can start to become obsessive, and it becomes this thing that uh, will like start to possess your being because you can't talk about it and express it uh, in a healthy manner and sort of uh, get the idea out. Yeah, and it will just overtake you and become infected into everything that you do, and just kind of spill over into all kinds of aspects in your life that you weren't expecting or anticipating, and uh, yeah, has really, really destructive potential. I think things can get very dangerous when they just toss around in somebody's mind mm -hmm. because people can play mental gymnastics on things. Right. Like if you think, I don't know, I don't even want to say an idea. I was uh, actually like, just before. I don't want to misrepresent an idea, but let's say mm -hmm. like racism, right? Right. If that's just jumping around in your head, you can find, you can use confirmation bias to justify in your head. Right. Right. So let's say you just find one out of, you know, you know, the small minority of things that that would substantiate your claims inside your head. Well, I mean, just but look if, at. If, I, was, I was just going to say, just look at all the meme headlines that come out of Britain nowadays. Saw yeah. one today by the. Uh, I don't know if you followed the account Orwell and Good. No. Oh, he's like um, he's just like a um, Shibu Inu. I think is the type of dog. Shibs, whatever the Shibs, whatever they yeah. call them. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's his uh, Abby. It's like that with like you know some of those cartoon sunglasses photoshopped on. But he just posts like all of these ridiculous condescending headlines that come out of Britain and so forth. And uh, today he posted one where it was a headline of some I, I don't know if it, whether it was like the British Army itself or like somebody within the army, but they were being accused of racism because they had black camouflage paint like all over their face, uh -huh. and it was a white guy. Yeah, and just like. For purposes of the army and camouflage, had his face painted completely black. 
Yeah. And now, this is apparently racist because of these, like, this demonic possession of racism, of the idea of racism that has infested everything in our society is now being projected into the most ridiculous small events like that. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, there's, there's so many, if you take enough innocent things and put a bad idea towards them, then the bad idea is, I don't know if desensitize is the right word, but even if you just take, you know, uh, like a fake rape charge, mm-hmm. that one fake rape charge is enough to put doubt into the mind of everybody who was actually raped, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the real danger in it. Uh, the 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 more you take doubt. Something now, when you say the, doubt, I, you mean like doubt in their story not being believed because yeah, of this false yeah, accusation. That, yeah. So if you take a bunch of things that aren't racist and you attach racism to them, then, then mm-hmm. when there's actually a thing that's racist, <laughs> the yeah, people who uh, you get the uh, boy who cried wolf. Of, yeah, watching a bunch of fake racism are going to be like, well, this is probably a fake one too. Right. And that's where I get into the the kind of tribalism of it is that both sides probably have some sort of, they have facts that they can fall back on. Mm-hmm. And, and the true answer is probably somewhere in the middle. But everything has become so caustic, and and uh, I shouldn't say become, because I think it's always been like this, but you know, the, the idealist in me would just like people to, uh, you know, find the point that you can agree on with somebody else and build off of that. Right. And, and always and, come back to that point when things do start to kind of escalate into a conflict and so forth. Yeah. That's what I found as a way to have good debate. You know, if you're coming, especially from two, like, very opposing viewpoints, if you can come to a point where we both say, okay, but we both agree on this, this one point where both of these topics meet, right? If you can both go, yes, 100% and agree with that, then, you know, even if you start to go way out in the conversation, get to a point where you're both starting to, like, butt heads again and sort of get a little bit uh, combative with each other, if you can go, okay, wait, 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 let's bring it back. Both still agree on this, and then try to bridge that gap back out to where you had gotten in a logical way, and I think uh, that would do a lot of good for just discussion amongst people. Yeah, I think as soon as I think people will often come to that middle point, but as soon as things get a little bit tense, they'll jump out to the extreme example that proves their point, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't prove their point, and and then now you know. We made it thirty seconds, but but now both sides are way out on the extremes, and and you know, that's the microcosm. Like what I see as condescension in random niche things on Twitter is a microcosm of that. It's mm-hmm. you know, I'm an expert on this, so how dare you challenge me? Right. But you know, even experts on things don't have all the answers, right. and you know that's something that's been bothering me more than it should the past probably week is just. Uh, the the idea that you cannot be challenged or that if somebody makes a mistake, they need to be just shit on. Right. People are at different points of yeah. their journey. And, and it, you may be finding them at, at a low point of a journey on a certain subject mm-hmm. that you are discussing, but they may be far ahead of you on every other subject. Right. So they could they could turn around and shit on you for everything, like whatever kind of external achievement, gratification, you know, metrics that, that there are, and now you've just found this one thing just to shit on them for, and it's, you know, yeah, hope you got your yeah, hope you got your good feeling out of there before you get shit on about shit that you don't know, you know. Yeah, I, it's just yeah. 
That's a little bit. That's a. That's a. Yeah, but as as far as an extreme highlight of the experts really not knowing everything, uh, did you watch the two most recent Joe Rogan podcasts? I saw what they were. They were the vegans versus the carnivore guys, right? Uh, something along those lines, yeah. The one with uh, Chris Cresser, and yeah. I can't remember the name of the other gentleman. Yeah, but he was like a vegan or something, right? Uh, he, I don't know if he was a vegan, but he definitely advocated a diet of mostly plants and vegetables. Like 75% plus plants, whereas, you know, Chris Cresser is saying you can eat nothing but meat. And they, they, God, it was like a very high level conversation because they're both like, P, I don't know if they have PhDs or what, but they're both incredibly well researched in their respective fields of this. But, um, I mean, down from the beginning down to the very end of the podcast, they just, they could not draw a definitive line saying like whether a uh, low fat, higher carb diet was bad or like a high fat, no carb diet was bad. And uh, there were all kinds of just like um, like discrepancies between the two. Like uh, the one dude that wasn't Chris Cresser was saying that eating a lot of fish and so forth will uh, do something to raise some type of fat reading level within your uh, you know in your blood and so forth, and that should in theory give you higher cholesterol, lead to more heart disease and so forth. But when you actually research it, it shows the exact opposite in most studies. And that if you eat a lot of fish, you know, much lower blood pressure, uh, better circulatory system, lower chances of obesity and so forth. And, uh, I mean, yeah, both of these, you know, you could just tell they were, like, citing sources. They had knowledge to back it up. I think Chris Cresser was a little bit on the stronger side on that argument. The other guy seemed like he was pretty defensive. But, um, yeah, nobody fucking knows everything. Nobody knows it all. Well, uh, that's why, I mean, I'm perpetually confused on things. That's the, it's the masochism of knowledge. The more you learn, the more you're like, oh, shit, I really don't know it at all. Yeah, that's why I voted third party. It's, it's a cop out. There you go. Oh man. So obviously you aren't you aren't with the times in terms of where the music scene is today. We could tell. No, I, I have to listen to uh, uh, what was Drake's first mixtape? So far gone. Yeah. I still listen to that every I mean, day. Look, so. man, Drake's got some classics. We can't. We can't knock Drake. The only thing that we can knock Drake for is the weird shit he's got coming out now where he shut down the whole restaurant for that date with the 18-year-old chick. And then you go back a couple years, like two years ago, and she's got he's got she's got uh, pictures on her Instagram with him when she was like 16 years old, and it's like, really? oh Drake, yeah, what's going on there, buddy? That's yeah, really I still use I use Amazon music, so. There you go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's uh, I think you get cheaper a month. I think you actually just unlocked an achievement. I think I saw that pop up on the bottom of our screen. It's it's two dollars cheaper a month, and all the music I like is five years old. So yeah, it works. I mean, sounds like yeah, you got it unlocked, my man. I've just gotten into Post Malone though. <laughs> there you go. All right, my man. I'm gonna have to get you hip to. Uh, do you just like not not like rap music or what? No, that's like all I listen to. It's just oh, you I, just listen to old rap music. I can listen to Kanye. Okay. Have you listened to his new sense, album? But I can't. I can't do like SoundCloud rap because those people are too ugly. Ah, they are fucking the ugly, man. Like, I can't get into the whole face. I could. I can listen to Lil Wayne in his face tattoos, but there's something about like this whole SoundCloud rap where you're crusty looking white like, kid with the face tats. Yeah. Always tired on your face. It's like I can't. I can't do it. I'm with you. I I can understand that, but. The music slaps, so I, I can't front on that. 
The uh, yeah. So my favorite Kanye album is still. Uh... Actually, I don't know, but it's 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 all his early ones, probably. I so, think I think mine is I, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That's probably my favorite. That's probably where I think he peaked. Yeah, that I don't know. I was gonna say I don't know. That's I I think that's where he peaked as well. But I don't know if that's just like my personal nostalgia and bias for that album, shall we? But uh, definitely the top I one there. Is so far gone your favorite Drake project though? Because if it is, we might have some serious issues. It probably is. Yeah. Oh man. If you're reading this, it's too late. No, 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 no. I thought you said so far gone. Is that his first mixtape? Like Houston so. Line of Vegas? It's like the first, the second one, yeah. Yes, that one. The one that has Houston Line of Vegas on. That's my favorite. That's your favorite. Do you think it's so far or uh, whatever you just said? If you're reading this, it's too late. Yeah. You think that's his best? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's wild. That is wrong. That's a wrong take. Alright. <laughs> First you're wrong on berries, now you're wrong on music. You didn't even look. I don't. Th I don't know how many people understood last night, but in the song that they were performing, Lil Pump and Kanye West last night on SNL, they performed the song "I Love It." There's like a part in there where Kanye like goes on this little tangent about sparkling and stilled water. They came yeah. out dressed as sparkling and stilled water. How does that not put them in at least your top five right there? Lil Pump, I'm talking about. Came out dressed as Fiji water. The Patricia's because he's, he's riding on Kanye, who is in my top five. I disagree. He had a video with Charlie Sheen before he had a video with Kanye. It, that was all Kanye. Kanye is actually... Kanye got Charlie Sheen for him? <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Something like that. That guy is riding on Kanye's coattails, and it's quite obvious. I don't know about that, man. Gucci Gang was a hit, and that was before he and Kanye even had anything to do with themselves. That song just my came out. My, so if you want my top five rappers... I would love them. I would, I would probably go Kanye. And this is not who I think are the best. Right. Just who I enjoy the most. Okay. We'll go Kanye and Drake. Respectable top two. Very respectable. Jay-Z. I was big into Jay-Z when I was in middle school. All right. Jay-Z's uh, a little bit past uh, my time. I, like, missed that window. I haven't really ever listened to any Jay-Z. I don't think it's starting now. I've heard, like, a couple songs, you know, like, um, you know, the one that he did with uh, Alicia Keys, New York. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Empire State of Mind, that's what it is. Wild. Dead Presidents 2 is my favorite song of all time. That's even before my time. I don't even know if I've heard that one. I don't know. Uh, I'm a big Ja Rule guy. Ja Rule? <laughs> 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 I was going to say, what are you going to say next, Cameron? <laughs> I used to love him, though. I actually did. Cameron? Cameron? Whatever Cameron? I don't know. He's, he's got that little apostrophe in there. I would assume it's Cameron or something like that. Make it a little spicy. Uh, uh, I don't know. Lil Wayne is probably up there. Biggie uh, is up there. Okay. Um... Dr. Dre, not not so much his rapping itself as his songs. Uh, that's probably the top five. Take out Lil Wayne and put in Dre. Of course, it's respectable. Yeah, it's respectable. It's just it, it hasn't updated in about ten years. So. I have to go with uh, right now. I've just been blasting a bunch of Lil Pump. Of course, definitely got to be my number one. That's the one who I called Lil Peep. Yeah, that is the one who you called Lil Peep. Yes. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I mean, they're like, 
they're not too far away. Well, actually, if you like listen to their actual music, they're pretty far apart. Lil Peep's like, hey, I'm depressed and sad and heartbroken, and I like drink a lot. And then Lil Pump's like, yeah, I make a lot of money and sell a lot of drugs to your grandparents. So you know, it's it's a spectrum we got going on here. Yeah. But uh, then Smoke Perp, who's like Lil Pump's, uh, one of the, like the dynamic duo. You know, they're just like homies. People need to stop using fucking verbs as their name. <laughs> I just think like the thought of like a little teeny tiny bicycle tire bicycle tire pump. That's what I think of when I think little pump. I just think of like the image. His name is Smoke Perp. The next one. Smoke Perp. Yep. Yeah. I rest in that case. That's not a serious name. I mean, look, serious name or not, their music slaps, and that's, I mean, those are just undisputable facts. Okay, you're at two, you have three more. I know, I need three more. Let's see. Um, I'm going to have to open up my shit now, open up my Spotify and see what my most recents are. Uh, ooh, Young Thug. Young Thug has been putting out some heat recently. Mac Miller, I got a lot of nostalgia from Mac Miller. I really started, I didn't listen to much of his early stuff. Do you listen to Mac Miller at all? A little bit, R.I.P. Yeah, for real. Uh, I didn't listen to any of his earlier albums or anything like that. I really only started listening to him once he put out Watching Movies with the Sound Off. But uh, that album and then his mixtape Faces, I think, were his most incredible projects. And like, just uh, Have you ever seen the old to... tweets between Donald Trump and Mac Miller? I have not. I oh, have seen the one where uh, I have seen the one where Trump is like, what is this disrespectful song? Like, I'll sue or something like that. Yeah, he was like, there's there's probably like 20 tweets of him just going at Mac Miller. <laughs> Dude, my favorite thing now that Donald Trump is the president is when people go back to like 2013 and they just retweet old replies of like him yeah. calling people losers and haters. I, mean, I saw one yesterday, it was a two-for-one special. He called somebody a hater and then in parentheses also called them a loser. Just for the double emphasis. I think it's like uh, when he has like his little asides in his speeches, and he's like, yes, you're a hater, and then he'll kind of like go down to the side to himself, and on the side of the mouth, he'll be like, loser. <laughs> it's wild. And the thing is, it's like Barack Obama and George Bush thought the exact same things. The only difference is, when they were president, we were like, wouldn't it be great if Obama just went at some dude, just right. said something like that? Oh, yeah. And now Trump actually does it, and people we're are like, like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> like... I love it. It's. I mean, I don't care, but I no, think it's I, fine. I think that the president's Twitter is fantastic. I don't know why people are upset about it. I find it incredibly entertaining. When I, in real time, read his little Rocket Man tweet, I was, like, slapping the ground. I was laughing so hard. There were tears in my eyes. And most people were freaking out, like, oh, this is going to cause nuclear war. It's I would consider myself an expert in nuclear war, considering that was what I did for a few years in the military. It was like, that, I read that and I laughed. There was no part of me that was like, oh no. Yeah. Is Kim Jong-un going to send off a nuke because Absolutely of this not. tweet? It's like, no, it's, no, nobody's going to do that. I mean, that would be suicide for him. No, it was just Donnie T letting his nuts hang on North Korea. He's like, what's up? You going to do something? No, don't think so. It's the madman mad theory come to life. And if anybody wanted to see it come to life, it's finally coming to life. So. And if anybody were to be able to pull it off successfully, it would be President Trump. Yep. Oh, shit. 
All right, my man, we made it to about uh, 40 minutes here. Uh, I unfortunately have to uh, go to work in about 15 minutes. You got any uh, any closing remarks for the people? Uh, no, if uh, if you want to follow me, it's, like you said, Fox underscore Summit. Uh, there's a link to my Medium page on there. And guys, I would definitely recommend the follow. Uh, I'm sure that I've creeped Mr. J out here more than a few times now that we've uh, become closer as friends because every so often I'll just go to his page and start liking like 30 tweets from like, you know, a couple days ago and so forth. And I'm like, you know, at first we didn't talk so much. I was like, okay, you know, that's whatever. But then uh, we started talking more and I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, he's just getting all these notifications on the phone and be like, we're... So uh, definitely a stalkable Twitter. It's, is what my egotism, so. it's definitely there. You go. It's definitely a stalkable Twitter. Is what I'm getting at. So uh, definitely check it out. And uh, hope you guys all yeah. enjoy the show. Have a wonderful, have a wonderful day.